people in this house. Who's been enjoying road tripping? All right. I've been really enjoying road tripping and, and, and going out. Some of you literally been enjoying road tripping. As I know, the Randolphs drove to Tampa. Like, bless your heart. You know, that, that is amazing. Um, more, than, more than eight hours, I'm flying. I'm just letting y'all know that. Um, but road trips are, are fun. And we've been going through this this summer. There's only two more weeks left for this series. And then we'll be kicking off our series there in August. Uh, it's going to be an amazing series. You don't want to miss it. We, we have t-shirts ready for you. New, the new fall kickoff shirts, LSU flavor, Southern flavor, no Grambling flavor. What? No. <laughs> I mean, no Alabama flavor. We, we may come. I, I don't know. I don't know. We, we'll see. We'll see. We have some new shirts coming out for you guys for the fall so we can kick it off. But it's going to be amazing. But uh, I want to continue in this series, part seven of Road Trip. And we're still in Acts. And Paul is taking this journey through the New Testament. And we're in Acts chapter 13. And if you will, if you have your Bibles, give me a what would. If you don't have your Bible, say, oh, Everybody, no one should have said that. It's on the screens. Like, it's going to be on the screen in a second. Verse 6 through 12, it goes like this. It says, afterward, they traveled from the town, from town to town across the entire island until they finally reached Paphos, uh, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Bar-Jesus. He had attached himself to the governor. Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man, the governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. So the governor invited Barnabas and Saul to, to visit with him because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, that's his name as it means in Greek, inferred and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. That was his purpose, trying to keep the governor from believing. Saul, also known as Paul, this is where his name switched, Paulus, Sergius Paulus, that was the name. And so during this, this region, when he's beginning to preach the word, they shifted his name from Saul to Paul. This is the last time you'll hear him called Saul throughout the Gospels. But Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked the sorcerer in the eye, then said, you son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Watch this. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eye, and he began gro groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. Verse 12, when the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. He was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Today I want to talk to you about road tripping, recalculating route. Say recalculating route. God is recalculating our route. Have you ever been on a road trip and received directions that turned out to be incorrect? Don't. Anybody who ever tried to get the anchor by punching in the address the wrong way, y'all know what I'm talking about. All right? 
You are traveling along the road. Laughter is ringing out. Your favorite song is playing. But all of a sudden, you double check your direction and notice you've been going the wrong way. That feeling of anxiety, of anger, instantly (laughs) overtakes you. So you see, Paul and Barnabas encountered the governor, Sergius Paulus, and found he had been misled by a false prophet. Paul and Barnabas instantly began to bring correction to the governor's course and does away with the bad navigator. So now they're they're on this journey, they're on a road trip, Paul and Barnabas, and the governor is also on his road trip, and he's going, and he's connected himself to a false prophet, Bar-Jesus, known as Elimus, the sorcerer, and he's giving them bad information. Paul and Silas shows up, and instantly, they give them the truth, they correct this course, and then they do away with what was giving them bad information. See, sometimes while traveling, we come to a point to where we all must make a U-turn. We all come to a point to where we all must make a U-turn, all right? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that at some point in everyone in here's life, um, uh, you're going to have to make a U-turn. You're going to have to decide that I want to go the way that God wants me to go, and I'm not going to continue to go the way that I want to go if it's contrary to what God wants me to do. And we have to make that decision. We are facing a crisis in our culture, and that crisis is misinformation being pumped into the information stream about who Jesus is. They're misrepresenting Jesus. If you really dive into the culture right now, you would think that Jesus is this ultra-judgy, this mean guy that is exclusive, that didn't die for everyone, but he only died for a few of us. And the information is being pumped out there. And and, and prominent evangelicals and Christians are standing up and trying to represent Jesus, but they're misrepresenting the God of the Bible. They've stepped into the role of Elimus or Bar Jesus. They stepped into the role to where they're advising about a Jesus that they're misrepresenting and they don't fully know. And it's going to take someone to come in, and I'm going to tell you who that someone is. It's called Anchor Chapel. Who's not afraid to talk about the real Jesus? The Jesus who is loving, the Jesus who is inclusive, who says, I died for you while you were in your sin. The Jesus that said, don't get it together before you come to me. Come to me and we'll get it together together. That's the real Jesus. This information really have blinded us in the way that Elimus was blinded to the true Jesus. But Matthew 24 verses 24 to 25 says this in the message and I love the way it reads. It says, if anyone tries to flag you down calling out, here's the Messiah. Our points, there he is. Don't fall for it. Fake messiahs are lying and lying preachers are going to pop up everywhere. Their impressive credentials and bewitching performances will pull the wool over the eyes of even those who ought to know better. But I've given you fair warning. They're popping up everywhere. They're just popping up everywhere. They're very charismatic and, and, and they're telling, but man, if they are talking about a Jesus other than the Jesus that is found in the scriptures, shut it down. 
I'm very careful with what I let through my eye gates and my ear gates. I'm extremely cautious of what I'm listening to and, and what I'm allowing to be poured into my spirit because I want the truth, not a lie. So help me God. So I have a question for you. What information have you been allowed to be poured into your spirit? What have you been feeding your spirit with? Just take a second and say lie right there. Pause for the cause. If you're taking those, write it down right there. What, what, is it YouTube? Is it TikTok? Is it your local news network? Is it your favorite news channel? Is it, is, who is it? Is it a gossiping friend? Is it face? I mean, what, what is it? What is feeding your spirit? Who's pouring into you? Because I only get you for 75 minutes on a Sunday morning. So don't say it's pastor, because I know some of y'all don't go back and watch it. I can see the views. I know. But who's pouring in your spirit? Are you reading the word? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to continue to pour into you and you digest that word to where your life can be changed radically? To where you can look like the real Jesus. There's a few things I want to drop into you why, what, what causes you to recalculate your route and some things that need to help you recalculate your route. The first thing you need to know this is know the source of your information. Know the source of your information. Transparency. <laughs> Authenticity in all things. That's why I'm at the door on Sundays. That's why I talk to you guys. That's why I don't go hide in the back room because <laughs> I want y'all to know me. That's why I'll be quick to say, hey, let's go eat. Let's go hang out. I want you to not just hear my words, but I want you to know my heart because I want you to know the source of your information. You see, Governor Paulus was intelligent, but Elimus, the sorcerer, was still able to put a corrupt information, put corrupt information into his mind. I don't care how smart you are. There are people that will influence you. There are people that will say some stuff and make you go the wrong way. They will make you act out of your character. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When y'all say, I ain't there yet. Don't mess with me. I ain't there yet. I cuss you three ways to Sunday. <laughs> you know those choice words that you have for people? They get on your last nerve. <laughs> Y'all know what somebody on that last nerve. Like, you on my last, your kids, whoo, parents, whoo. You know, like, ooh, mm, this close. But that Eliamus was corrupting the intelligent governor, and he was corrupting. And so don't think you can rise above the rhetoric of social media. That's why my kids run mine. I keep telling y'all that. Y'all be like, I, I messaged you. I, I'm sorry, my daughter didn't do a job. She didn't check it. I know me. And if I see somebody say something about me on social media, to me, I coming back. And I'm dropping Bible bullets everywhere. Pew, 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 pew. I'm hitting them with all sorts of scripture. They're they going to they gonna feel like a two-fold child of Satan. Pew, pew, pew. Y'all know y'all can't handle it. 
Why, why are you letting information get into your heart? 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this. It says, um, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Don't be fooled by them. Bad company corrupts good character. But Paul also writes in 2 Corinthians 5.16, he says this. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. In other words, you must, here it is, here it is, always use discernment when people speak into your life. Say this with me, say discernment. That is not knowing someone after their flesh because they can come off as the perfect person. But when you really do a deep dive into their life, they're not the one. You have to be careful. Know the, know the source of your information. You have to use discernment. This is something we don't talk about in our generation anymore. Discernment. But if you're not focusing after the spirit, if you're not following up the spirit, you don't have discernment. So you can't discern what's true or fake. You can't separate from what's real and what's false. You need to understand and, and allow the spirit to minister to you. To all my saved people, single and victorious every day, my saved people, you need to have discernment when they call in your name. Psst, what's up, boo? Hey, tall, dark, and handsome. Mm-mm. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Don't take every phone number they offer you. To all my married people, if their marriage ain't good, don't let them talk to you about yours. Every five seconds, you're on the job, the water cooler, they're talking about their wife. Man, that woman of mine, da -da -da, you stand by the water cooler, walk away. Be like, I don't even want that to influence the way I look at my wife. Tell my teenagers, be careful what friend group you put yourself in. Oh, but they're my friends. Are they really? If they're pulling you away from the will of God, are they really? You could be saved while you're young. Come on. Amen. Especially if you go to Anchor, because, man, look, we, we ain't going to, this is not a boring Christianity. Come on. Amen. Come on. We know how to have fun. Come on. Come, I will hit you in the face with a water balloon. Come on. <laughs> it's always good to have people in your life that you can reach out to to help you to navigate to your destination. Because if you know the source, they can reach out to. I remember last week we were on our way to Jackson and we were trying to find our way somewhere. We called people that we know up there. Hey, can you tell me where we're going? And we were able to reach out to people that were able to give us good instructions. Do you have those people in your life? So number one, know the source of your information. Number two, don't take advice from people who have selfish ambition. <laughs> don't take advice from people who have selfish ambition. Elimus had his own goal and selfish ambition, which diluted his message. I believe he could have said something prominent that could have helped the governor as a good advisor to the governor. But because he was selfish and power hungry, he diluted the message and it became corrupted. 
So you have to be careful not to let people give you advice when it's selfish. They want to turn you or control you or manipulate you. That's all sorcery is. Sorcery is not power. Sorcery is the ability to manipulate. And then when they begin to manipulate you, they manipulate your action. They carve out an action or behavior that is not natural to your natural behavior or your purpose that God called you out to. And we call it sorcery or witchcraft. It's manipulation or rebellion against what is right. 2 Corinthians 11, 3-4, Paul writes to the church of Corinth. He says, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning and your, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaim another Jesus than the one we proclaim, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you receive, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. You can't receive a different Jesus. There's only one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Come on. For we all were baptized into the same spirit by the same spirit, right? And so we have to accept this same gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. What's the good news? Make it simple, pastor. This is how you preach to your friends. The good news is simply this. It's Christ came, he died, he rose again, and he's coming back. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what you've done, we'll stop that from happening. It's the good news. And he did it just for you. That's the good news of the gospel. I was telling my daughter, she, she, she was on her job and she said, they found out I was a PK and they, they were talking to me about, you know, theological things and getting into the base and asking her stuff. And she said, I just got frustrated. And I told her, I said, baby, don't get into frivolous debates about foolish things that don't matter about eternity. I say the only answer you got to have about them asking you about the law of Jesus Christ is tell them that he died for me. Do you accept them? And if they can't answer that question, tell them I don't want to talk about it. We'll leave that to the cemetery, I mean the seminary students. <laughs> Amen? It's simple. You don't have to know all the different seven dispensations of the spirit. You don't need to know all the Greek names for Jesus. You don't need to know all the, 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 the Greek lexicons for the words in the New Testament or the Hebrew lexicons or Aramaic lexicons or Septuagint. For the, none of that makes make sense to you, does it? Because it doesn't matter. All I know is Jesus died for me. That's, the, that's all I need. Because on this road trip, make sure you're on the same page and traveling in the same direction. How can two walk together unless they agree? If they can't agree that Jesus is the son of God, I don't have time with you. Well, you know, right now, you know, they got all sorts of things, you know, um, you know, uh, what, what's I don't even know. What's the Muslims? Allah. Allah and Yahweh is the same person. Jesus was a prophet. Can we agree? No, because he was more than that. Oh, Jesus was a good brother. Mm -mm, my Mormon friend. No, 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 no. He was the son of God. He was the savior of the world. I'm not finding common ground with that foolishness. Listen, 
don't be afraid of your faith. Oh, we got to be nice to them. And they, no, their Jesus is not my Jesus. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They're proclaiming a different Jesus. It's a different one. Yes, he was a good man, but he was more than that. Yes. Jesus didn't have wives. Y'all tripping. He wasn't the son of Joseph. No, he was not. He was not Satan's antithesis. What, what does that mean? He was not Satan's opposite. <laughs> you know, Jesus and Satan, they're brothers. The devil is alive. If your navigator has their own thoughts, they may lead you the wrong way. Yeah. Know the source of your information. Number two, the, you know, making sure that you don't take advice from people with selfish ambitions. Number three, constantly check your connection to the GPS. We talked about God's positioning system weeks ago. I think that was like week two. God positioning system. And you need to constantly check your connection. Governor Paulus was connected to the wrong person, so his information readout was wrong. He was getting his information from the wrong, so his connection was wrong, so he was headed the wrong way. Galatians 5, 16 says this, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the of the flesh. Let me say that again. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Well, Pastor, I'm just, just holy, but I'm horny. Walk by the Spirit. I'm lonely. I have lust. Walk by the Spirit. I'm depressed. I need, I need to indulge in some, some substance. Walk by the Spirit. Anything that you deem more dependent than the Spirit of God then becomes your idol. Therefore, you're walking in idolatry and God is not pleased because he said, I will not have no other God before me. We have to make sure. God is recalculating some things in this room. You know, uh, my wife first. No, my wife, no, she's not first. God is first. My husband first. See that, can I give you some marital counseling? When you put the expectation of them being first in your life, they will let you down every time. Because that's not their proper place. God reserves that space for himself. And so I'm not looking for my spouse to complete me. I'm looking for them to walk with me as I, as I pursue the one that has completed me already. And we're both being completed together. So therefore, I can't get disappointed at her. Come on, somebody. That was for somebody in here. You put them on a pedestal that they didn't belong. And they disappointed you. It's because the connection was broken. We were in Jackson, and uh, we were trying to go to, uh, what was the name of that restaurant? Else, Else, the, well, Elfie. LV, LV's, LV's. We were trying to go to a restaurant called LV's and eat. And uh, 
it was, we were getting ready to pull out. And when I pulled, the, the thing was like, go to this street and take a right. And I pulled out, took a right. Then it did, the thing just spit around on the screen. It was like, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. I went the way you told me to go. Well, it was telling me to go based off the false connection that it had. Ooh. Could it be that sometimes you go down the wrong path just because you connected to the wrong source? Thank you, Carrie. Thank you. Could it be that your emotions are in a whirlwind Woo! because you're connected to the wrong source? It's because you're not anchored, pun intended, in Jesus. Could it be that our lives are being misled because we're not connected and we're not checking our connection? Roman 8.14 says this, for all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. I want to be led by the Spirit. Later on it says, uh, and, and, and Kevin preached this, Kevin Reed said, for the suffering of this present time isn't worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. But that comes after all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So now I can find purpose in my pain. I can find promise in the confusion, in the chaos of life. I can find uh, conviction. I can find confirmation when I feel like things are going wrong because I'm connected to the right source. And his name is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, our Messiah, the one who is and was and yet to come. His name is Jesus. You see, because the God positioning system is simple. The God positioning system is this, because it sees where you are. And some of you know where you are right now this morning. It sees where you are, but because it know where you were, it's already determining where you're going. Let me give it to you in scripture. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. He is the one that is walking with you that will never leave you nor forsake you. Plug into Jesus this morning. Connect to Jesus this morning. He is your source. He is your source. He is the love of your life. He is with you. And lastly, don't be too prideful to make an adjustment. Don't be too prideful to make an adjustment. This morning, some of you hear this word preached and God is pr pricking your heart and you're like, ooh, ouch, 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 ouch. Hey, that's fine. Don't be too prideful to make an adjustment. Listen, those who are on my staff know I'm the first to say I'm sorry. I messed up. I made a mistake. I'm sorry for doing that, y'all. My bad. I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. I, I, am, I am perfectly okay with saying I messed up because I know I have to make adjustments in my life. The governor invited Paul and Barnabas in to share the gospel, the word of God, even against what bad advisors were telling him. You see, when we take a wrong turn in life, God often sends people to correct us. Hello. Hello. God send people into your life. He'll send a loud mouth, bald, gray beard man to tell you, make a U-turn. Recalculating route, recalculating route, recalculating route. Make a U-turn, make a U-turn. Next 400 feet, take a U-turn. 150 feet, take a U-turn. Take a U-turn, take a U-turn. She starts screaming at you. I said, take a U-turn, dummy. 
the lie. I'm sorry, Siri. I'm sorry. Proverbs 12, 1 says this, to learn, you must love discipline. But I like this part. It is stupid to hate correction. I'm the one who fight with my GPS. Take a U-turn. Nope, I know where I'm going. Nope, nope, nope. And then I realize I do the same thing with God. Help me. God, I have experience. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I know what I'm going. And God say, adjust route, adjust route, recalculate route, U-turn, U-turn. But God, I did it this way for so long. God, I did it this way and it worked and it worked. It's like, no, I'm going to do it differently. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. What part of that did you not understand? Throw all that junk away. Recalculate route. Take a U-turn. Don't get stuck in your ways. Take a U-turn. You're going to, and then you keep going the wrong way and you realize you're so far from your promise. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God is readjusting your route and he wants you to end up in your promise. The governor received the word of the Lord and became a believer. This demonstrate the, will, the willingness to admit he was going the wrong way. So Jesus tells us that when a sheep go astray, he'll leave the 99 to chase after the one. He'll leave the 99 to chase after the one. Are you the one this morning? Are you the one that's going the wrong way? Are you the one that, that, that took a wrong turn? And, and if you could stand to your feet right now, if you can, please stand to your feet. You may be here this morning, um, every head bowed and every eye closed, and no one looking around. It's not to embarrass anyone, but you may have took a wrong turn in life. And you're like, Pastor, that word was for me. I took a wrong turn and the wrong turn may have ended up you somewhere and you say, Pastor, I need, I need to make a U-turn. If that's you, just lift your hand right now, right where you are. I need to make a U-turn. I need to make a, thank you, I see you. Is there anyone else? I need to make a U-turn this morning. I need to make a U-turn. Secondly, you may be here and you don't know Jesus. You turn totally away from the Lord and you say, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior because that's the most important thing in my life. That's the most important decision I could ever make. And it's the life-changing decision. I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, this message was for you. He came specifically for you. You didn't come here by happenstance or coincidence. This is divine purpose on your life. You're here this morning to hear this word. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. I want to give my life to Jesus. Come on, is there anyone? You may be online. Watch it online. That may be you saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. Hey, we want to pray with you also. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let me pray for all of you guys. Father, I thank you, God, this morning for your life that was poured out for us. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to make a U-turn, Father. Thank you, God, for recalculating the route, not letting us continue to go down a road of destruction. For the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end there is, is destruction. So, Father, we, we, um, we seek you in everything we do, and we acknowledge you in all of our ways. Father, that you can lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Father, I pray, God, that we will continue to go down the right path and not turn to the left or the right, but continue to keep our eyes on you. We'll be like Jesus. We'll turn our eyes towards Jerusalem and we'll fix, 
fixate upon reaching our purpose and our promise. Now pray this prayer with me, everyone, including those of you online. Say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Come into my heart. I give my life to you. I lay down my life for you. Thank you for laying down your life for me. I promise that I'll live my life for you forever and ever. Amen. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God the best praise that you have right now. Thank you for joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.